Welcome to Real Estate Agent Superstars. My name is RJ Baxter. I'm your host with Intercap Lending. And I have with me an awesome guest today, Vivi Glorio of the Vivi team at HomeSmart Real Estate. And she's going to tell us a little bit more about her story and what's made her so successful. So welcome to the show, Vivi. I appreciate you taking the time. Great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you're able to make it kind of a crazy day as usual these days. Yes. Yeah, you're always so busy. Um, well, tell us a little bit more about yourself. How did you get started in this awesome real estate business? Uh, I started off as a civil engineer student at University of Texas, and it was my junior year. I got a summer job working for a builder in Colorado Springs. Um, it was supposed to be just an internship. He had sold 12 homes in two and a half years. I sold 13 in two months. So when it was time for me to go back to college, he got on his hands and knees and said, please stay and finish out this project and I'll pay for school for you to finish at night. Uh, so I did that, mm -hmm. finished school at University of Colorado in the Springs at night, finished out the Somerset project, if anybody knows that, in Colorado Springs. Uh, then after graduating college, I ended up running all the Homes Illustrated real estate magazines. You still see yeah. them around. I ran those for the state while I had my two boys um, and my ex-husband got into real estate. He ended up being a horrible individual. I ended up leaving in 07, was a single mom of two kids by 2008. And in 2009, I was working three full-time jobs to pay the bills that my ex-husband wouldn't pay. And I realized I needed to get back into real estate. So got back into real estate in 2009 and moved um, at that time in 2009, I had moved just to historic Baker. And so I started a monthly direct mail campaign, farming campaign in my neighborhood. And I think mm -hmm. that was a really big, um, it was a really important step because when I got divorced, my ex was sleeping with everybody I knew, including all my friends. So I had no friends and oh, wow. <laughs> just okay. a single mom. And I'm like, how am I going to make this work? So my babies and I would uh, go door to door, hand delivering flyers about historic Baker. And that's what got my start. Wow. So, so you were just flyering door to door type thing or? Yeah. So I had, you know, like in my Microsoft word, I mean, it's way better now, but right. I just designed um, a flyer. I came up with a slogan. Uh, I live in Baker. I own in Baker. I sell Baker. And I stuck with that slogan uh, since 2009. Uh, changed it to Denver when it's not in historic Baker or Colorado when it's not in Denver. And uh, uh, yeah, door to door with basically what I had was everything active under contract and sold in the last 30 days in the neighborhood. So it brought value to the homeowners as far as what's happening in their neighborhood. And then I'd have like any event that was happening close by. So yeah, I've been doing that for 14 years. Oh, wow. So you, you still do that? Yep. This day? Wow. Yep. You know, it just so, goes to show that hard work pays off. That's one thing that I see time and again with top producers like you. Yeah, I always tell people consistency creates credibility. So mm. I think it's, um, it's just so important to be consistent. And I think what's really hard about real estate is we get offered, I mean, your phone rings all the time, right? Hey, I'm going to give you leads. I'm going to give you this, you know, oh, you should buy this. I feel like I've done everything. Um, 
some stuff works, some stuff mm -hmm. doesn't. I still believe in print. Uh, it's expensive, but it does work. Um, yeah. So do you, so on, on the thought of print marketing, do you still hand deliver everything or do you mail it or do you do a little bit of both? I use EDDM. Uh, so that's through the direct postal service. You can get on EDDM, mm -hmm. you can put an address and then you literally can pick zones and have, uh, the post office deliver for you at a discounted rate from postage. Okay. Okay. So do you think that's just as good as hand delivering it or, or you think hand delivering it's better for, let's say a starting agent? If you're starting, I would hand deliver because you'll run into neighbors um, and it's going to be less expensive. I mean, one of the things I don't like about EDDM is I'll hit these large apartment buildings or like, you know, affordable housing buildings, you know, they're never going to be able to buy and I'm having to pay to mm. get all of those doors delivered. Um, so I, you know, I, I think the most important thing for new realtors is whatever you do, you have to be consistent and, you know, you can't try something once and go, Oh, that didn't work. So I would rather, I'd rather a brand new agent pick 200 homes and target those 200 homes for a minimum of six months then mm -hmm. pick 2000 homes and just send out one mailer. Like it, you need to be consistent to the same people. That's a really good point. So, so drilling deeper with fewer as opposed to like a huge shotgun approach. Right. Yeah. I like that. So are you from Texas then? Or where are you from? No, uh, I'm not really from any, I lived all over the world. So by the time I went to college, I had moved 19 times. So I, wow. uh, okay. Yeah. But Colorado is, Hands down, my favorite place I ever lived. So, so where I was going with that is, so, so Colorado, you didn't have a sphere when you moved here, or no. So, so, the Baker neighborhood became your sphere. Sounds like initially. Yeah. In it's a great neighborhood. So, my office is still in historic Baker. It's it's literally the center of Denver. Okay, that's awesome. So, I there's a, there's a story that I love to tell about a, I can't remember the guy's name, but he chose 600 households and he decided to send a Christmas card to the, these 600 people and um, sent out his Christmas card to this list. And he started getting Christmas cards back. He got something like 200 or 250 Christmas cards back. And he still year after year got Christmas cards from a couple hundred of these people that he had didn't even know at all. So I think, I think that's a really um, applicable story right now because of how you can make a neighborhood, for example, your spear by, really by being present and being, being there for them and get, making yourself known. Right. That's awesome. So, so then after that, where, where did it take you after you started getting out there, going door to door, dropping off flyers and really focusing on that area? Um, I was a single agent. I think it was 2011 when I hired my first person. I, I was doing snow angels in my carpet because I was trying to do everything right. Like I was doing my own transaction coordinating and my own marketing and my own negotiations. And I had six deals yeah. under contract and I was just swimming. And mm -hmm. uh, so I put an ad out and I hired an amazing transaction coordinator. Um, we worked together for years. I loved her very much. Uh, she was my first hire. And um, after that, in 2012, it was about a year later, uh, business was just, I mean, my business anywhere from double to tripled every year. Uh, it was time for me to hire a, a marketing person. So in 2012, that's when Team Vivi actually got formed. 
I had okay. a uh, marketing director. He was fabulous. He uh, came in one morning and was like, I was staring at my underwear and I have a vision for you and it's dark gray and hot pink. And I was like, <laughs> I don't even like pink. And he was like, it's going to be great. And so he's the one that actually got me to brand the dark gray with the hot pink and it took off. That's interesting. I've, I've always been impressed by your marketing as far as your branding goes. Thank you. I think, yeah. I think that's been really good. Thanks. How, how much of that was your creation and then how much was just people you hired to come up with the ideas? Um, I would say the marketing piece was 100% my creation. Uh, the color choices, he made me push my boundary on that one, but I was glad I did it. It ended up being that uh, pink is uh, the color that represents health. And so, um, okay. actually at Sherman Williams, I have my own color Pantone of pink. It's called what do you team mean Vivi. by that? You can go to Sherman Williams and get Team Vivi pink. No way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I'm going to have to check that out. I don't know if I want to actually paint anything pink, but. It's a good color. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so do you have, have the same marketing person with you still to this day? He ended up having a drinking problem, so that didn't work out so well. Uh, I will okay. tell you, as far as marketing goes, really, anybody in a marketing position should not be there longer than two years. Um, marketing is a position where you need to switch out every two years. Marketing changes so much. Mm. What's happening with AI and software and everything else, um, you know, it's, I, I'm actually, I'm always excited to interview and hire somebody right out of college. They have fresh ideas, but yeah, if your marketing person's been hanging out with you for four or five years, it's time to separate ways. You're just doing stale, old, you need to move on. Interesting. Can you spot a person though, that's training themselves and learning new techniques and that kind of thing? Or is it just generally across the board? You need to kind of start fresh every couple of years. I think you need to start fresh every couple of years. Okay. That's brutal. It's marketing. I mean, anybody who's yeah. in marketing and actually understands marketing, they should be the very first person to tell you that they're only going to be with you for a couple of years because it's the only way you grow and it's the only way you're ever going to become a really good marketer is to be in different industries, trying different things, different teams, different people. It's really important. Okay. So you're, you're doing something good for them really in a way by helping them to get to a different. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cause the, the, you know, they spend two years with me, they're going to end up getting a higher paying job, a better job, and, and they'll grow every time they get a new job. Yeah, that's a great point. So then you started, your business started growing pretty fast after that, uh, from my understanding. What, where did it go from there after you branded Team Vivi and things started taking off for you? Um, I ended up... I got a really good business partner that lasted for, I think we were together seven years. She fell in love and got married and moved to Montana, which I was excited about. So she hasn't been with me for a couple of years, but we yeah. kind of joined forces and it helped because being a lone agent, I mean, it's impossible to go on vacation. You know, you never get a day off. You're working nights, days. It's, mm -hmm. it's the easiest way to get burned out. So I really think people were smart. They would partner up with a couple of other agents um, mm -hmm. and that way you can have some balance in your life uh, so she was very she was awesome and that really helped i was able to go on vacation and breathe um, 
And so, yeah, I did that. I ended up getting a builder. I blew up a builder in town um, and that just kind of started it. I, I did a good job with my database, you know, keeping in front of people consistently, advertising to people. Um, they say you should touch your clients 53 times a year, whether that's wow. print, social media, um, events. Uh, so I definitely do that. Tell me more about that. What are, what are your 53 touch points? Um, I have a whole social media calendar. Um, I do a letter of the heart every other month. So that's just a real raw what's going on in my life. Um, just letter personal. Mm -hmm. Then I, I do like a that. letter of success on the opposite month, showing closings, testimonials, how I'm helping people. Uh, and then I throw really great parties. And okay. I, uh, back in 2009, I actually started a, a thing it's called Monday night dinner. And so every Monday I have anywhere from 10 to 50 people at my house. I love to cook. So I cook every Monday and yeah, it's been going on for 14 years and wow. Yeah. That's, that's pretty neat. Yeah. Do lot. you just, do you just invite your whole database to the Monday night dinner or do you? Yeah. Invite I have my clients and my friends. And so, you know, I, I tell them about it. They have to text me by Sunday. So I have enough food and, um, you know, there's some people that come once a year. There's some people that come, once a quarter, once a month. I have, you know, people that come a couple times a month. Um, it just varies, kind of goes on with what's going on with people's lives. I've had people meet each other and get married at Monday night dinner. I've had best friends form over Monday night dinner. It's just, it's a great way to keep the community together, keep people connected. That is super cool. Yeah, it's good, that's it's a, fun. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. And you do other events besides that? I throw large parties. Um, I'm definitely, uh, I like to host. So, um, I seem to always have a huge Halloween party. We have a few hundred people go to that. Uh, I've always been in the pride parade, but this year I, I guess they made the pride parade smaller. I don't know why, but I wasn't able to get a float. So I don't know if I'll do pride this year. I'm going to have to come up with like a summer garden party type thing. Hmm. But so do you do, like the Halloween party and these other parties, do you do them at your house also or? I do. Okay. Wow. You must have a great entertainment space. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think, I think people are too hard on themselves and I think people are so excited just to be invited anywhere. And I think, you know, if you're an agent and you're not inviting people into your home, I, that's a mistake. You should invite people to your home. Interesting. Have you ever had um, any problems happen? Like <laughs> any crazy incidents or are people pretty respectful and get along and yeah, I mean, don't get drunk or anything. Oh gosh. People always get drunk at my house. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's consistent. Um, and yeah, yeah. you'll get somebody who's, you know, just not, not good or out of line or, you know, whatever. And you just ask them to leave and, that's that. That's life though. You know, you can't worry about something. Right. Right. Awesome. Awesome. So fast forward to today, what does team Vivi look like today? 
what does Teen Baby look like? I have a big hot pink building in the middle of Denver. It's on Broadway and Ellsworth. Uh, I have two other agents. Uh, Philip Talley and I are really more partners now. We kind of take all of our clients on together. Um, he's wonderful. He's from Texas. I completely trust him. Uh, and we share all the business and that way I can be at two places at once. And I have one other agent who just joined. And then I have a full-time transaction coordinator, full-time inside sales associate. I have two full-time stagers, um, that do, they both kind of take their own pieces, parts. Like one helps me with listing coordination and the other one helps all of my gifts are homemade. Um, like we make, uh, personalized aprons and cups and, and things like that for our clients. Uh, but the staging is really huge. So every home gets professionally staged. I can stage up to 15 homes at a time with my own inventory. Wow. Um, and then I've got two different marketing people. I've got one marketing person who's um, focusing on social media and another marketing person that's focusing on uh, content and print. Wow. So you are definitely getting after it. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. That's awesome. So what, so what, where do you see this market going? What's, what, what's happening right now? I mean, right now it's May of 2023 as we're recording this. Um, what do you think is going to happen? We're going to have a crazy summer. I think uh, consumer price index will come out on the 10th of this month. That is going to be very low yeah. compared to last year. I think rates will start to tumble. Uh, by end of this month, um, I think by first week of June, we'll be at 6%, maybe even better. Um, I wouldn't be surprised mm -hmm. if we're at five and a half by end of the year. I think that's going to be kind of the magic number. That's really going to kind of get people to come out of the woodwork. Um, cause as every time the interest rates fall, we're going to see more and more buyer activity. And it, you know, I think we're still going to have anywhere from 10 to 20% appreciation over the next couple of years. I think next year, you know, recessions aren't bad for real estate. Recessions aren't great for people that have jobs that are kind of in between. Um, mm -hmm. But recessions are actually good for real estate because our interest rates will go down. So 2024 will be a recession. 2025 will start to get out of it. 2026 should be an excellent economic year. Um, the concern you need to be worried about is... I see our taxes, they're gonna start increasing greatly. We're at what we're at the lowest tax rate we have been at in 85 years. So Trump's tax credits will end in 2025. I think you're gonna see a spike. Um, and everybody's already feeling it. Everybody's getting the Department of Finance. I don't know if you can see that, but everybody's getting yep. these. If you own a house, you've seen this and you're pissed, right? I mean, like, I don't even know which one this is. I got a bunch of rentals. Um, but the, let's see, my prior year value for this property was 278,500. Oh, this year, this one didn't go up that much. It's only 50,000. Most of my rentals are, you know, the, the county records have really increased. It's going to increase everybody's taxes. The way Colorado's voted, we keep increasing our property taxes, which I don't think is smart. Um, mm -hmm. so I think we're going to see all of that. Yeah, I'm already hearing people getting those assessments. And it's yeah. not it's not pretty. It's not. And and you know, it's I don't think there's going to be a wave of foreclosures, but I think it's definitely going to hurt the economy, like the retail economy and going out. You know, when you sit there in your monthly payment 
was blank and now you're going to be paying an extra $250 a month because your taxes have gone up that much, I mean, that's $250 of discretionary money that you do not have. So people are going to be either trying to pick up more side gigs um, or they're going to have to cut back on their spending. I agree. They're just automatically pushing people's bills up higher. Yep. And then landlords are going to increase rents, you know, to offset it. They already have to. I mean, we've already screwed over our our investors. You know, we're in Denver. They have to all get a uh, a permit from the city, and they have to pay two hundred dollars. And they come in and look at it and tell them what they have to fix. I mean, the government overreach is so excessive, and it, we will hit a brick wall. Like people are going to get sick of it. I'm sick of it. I had twenty rentals. I've already gotten rid of four doors this year. I'm uh, I'm over it. The government overreach is a problem. Yeah. Now I heard a rumor that they're going to try to put rent controls in. Have you heard this? I have heard that. You want to really crash a market? Do that. Because what people don't get no about rent control is as an owner, I, if I can sit there and sell my place for $500,000 opposed to getting three grand in rent, it's actually smarter for me to do that anyway. Because I can take $500,000 and put that in a muni bond. I can make tax-free 8% on that and then not have any risk of a meth head or the government telling me what I have to do to my house. And so what's going to end up happening is all those big cranes that you see in all those apartment buildings you see, the crony capitalists that everybody seems to hate, they're going to win and the government's going to make them win. Because mom and pop people like me and my investors, we're not going to sit here and just own property and allow the government to tell us what we can or cannot do with it. We're going to sell it and I'm going to put it offshore. I'm going to put it in things that the government can't touch or can't tax. Like I do like muni bonds for that. I can buy Colorado mm -hmm. muni bonds or, you know, whatever, and I'm not paying taxes on it. But then what ends up happening is people like me, you know, you want a house that, you know, your dog can go and play in the backyard and have a nice landlord. People like me aren't going to exist anymore. Every time they put a rule up, what's going to end up happening is those large apartment buildings, that's going to be everybody's choice. You get to live in a really large, crappy apartment building, but there's not going to be any real houses to rent because they put the rent control on and it's not worth it to the owner. Yeah, it's definitely going to be bad for the housing market. It I really agree. is. I mean, in the markets where this has already happened, you can already see it. Oh, yeah. Like the Pacific Northwest, California. Um, it's not a good thing. No, but I mean, it's also, you know, people who are like, oh man, should I wait to buy? It's, you know, the thing is we're still having so much inflation and real estate is a very safe investment because we have not, we're still dealing with the 2008 problem. We haven't built enough housing. And then what you have to realize is 98% of everybody in America is going to be living in major metropolitan cities by 2030 because of our healthcare crisis. You know, I have people come down from Vail all the time that have to come down here and buy something to live in because the medical care just isn't in the summit. So you can live in the summit mm -hmm. until you can't, and then you've got to get down here to good hospitals. And so I think as long as you stay uh, close to major metropolitan cities, I think your real estate investment will be okay as long as the government doesn't tell you what you can or cannot do with it. True. Yeah, absolutely. So do you? it's interesting to hear you talk about the markets and investing in real estate. Do you personally talk to buyers and sellers currently, or does your team do that? Oh, no, I am very involved with all my buyers and sellers. Okay. So that's, so you're, so you're coaching people in this way that real estate still a strong investment moving forward with the recession coming. 
um, Absolutely. those kinds of things. I mean, you're going to pay it once a month anyway. You might as well pay yourself, you know, and it's, it's, um, you know, there's only three things everybody from the beginning of time has ever needed, and that's food, water, and shelter. And so if you can be involved in one or all three of those things, you're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I, I think, you know, it's scary to think of what housing might do over the next five, 10 years. If someone doesn't buy now, when are they going to do it? I think we're going to, I think we're in for a incredibly rocky decade. I think we will hit a brick wall in 2030. I do not think you should own real estate in 2030, but you better own real estate now because we've got seven years of crazy inflation and uncertainty. In 2030, I'm going to own one house, the biggest house I can afford because everybody's going to want to come move with me. I think we'll have a much, much of a replay of uh, 1930. I think we'll have 30% unemployment. A lot of that's going to be due to artificial intelligence. We're going to have a lot of disabled people, a lot of sick people. So, um, interesting. Secret for this decade is to be invested in things that are going to hedge against inflation, and then you need to get rid of your debt. So come 2029, you don't want to be sitting on a bunch of rentals. Um, you want to make sure you're liquid and your money is safe uh, and be ready because you can do, I mean, look at the Rockefellers. They made all of their money in the 1930s. I mean, you can become really a billionaire during times of great pain and, and difficulty. It's just you need to be ready for it. Why do you think that real estate is going to potentially crash around 19 or 2030? I think there's a couple sides to it. Um, I'm not going to get into the, the vaccine stuff, but COVID was not a natural thing. And so whether you got vaccinated or whether you actually got COVID, that is creating health issues across America. We, heart attacks are up 25%. Nobody's talking about it. Uh, I have more than enough clients that have all of a sudden random health issues and they were completely healthy. Our life expectancy in the last two years since COVID has actually gone down by two years in America. Mm. And I think that's going to continue to get worse. Uh, I think we're going to get more and more sick people. And I think AI is going to take out a lot of jobs. So artificial intelligence is going to come in and it's going to, it's going to replace more of our a lot of, you know, blue collar and even, you know, even some white collar jobs. So we're going to have more sick people and then we're going to have artificial intelligence. And then we're going to have the government looking at it going, wow, what are we going to do? How are we going to take care of all these sick people? And how are we still going to provide for all these people? And you're going to see taxes rise greatly and you're going to see a 10 year recession. Hmm. Sorry. I want, <laughs> well, on that note, no, yeah. I just, <laughs> well, how do you see it coming out the other side then 2040? Like how does, if it's a 10 year recession, it's how do we, be great. So it'll we be, come, yeah, it'll be phase one. It'll be a lot like the 1940. I mean, we're literally on hundred year cycles, really good book, uh, to read is uh, prosperity in the age of decline. Uh, by the Boulier, Alan Boulier. He's a fantastic economist. And um, he really breaks down, even though the book was written in 2016, 
just where we're going and why. Um, but then, I mean, what we're also seeing, I mean, it's, it's not only artificial intelligence and it's not only, you know, this disease that was lab created. It's also, um, it also has to do with our environment. So, I mean, we'll have great floods on the East Coast. Uh, gosh, just last weekend, we had a dust bowl in Illinois. It killed six people. Um, you know, mm -hmm. the, the weather patterns are changing. And if we don't get farmers to start doing regenerative farming, I, it's going to just get worse. Yeah, because they're depleting the soil. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's sad. It really, yeah, people read Grapes of Wrath, everybody. Like, you need to realize what's happening. I mean, it's, it's right. you know, and I'm not, not all about doom and gloom. It's just more about how can you be prepared for what is going to happen in the future. My claim to fame is actually in 07, I called everybody I knew in January of 07 and told them we were going into a recession. Um, wow. It was prior to me leaving my ex. Uh, I saw the writing on the wall. I told everybody I knew, no one I knew went into foreclosure or short sale. You can see it. Um, and we're not there yet. Everybody's always calling me, is it now? I'm like, no, it's not now. Like, <laughs> it's not gonna be great, <laughs> but it's not now. So I, I just think uh, assets are definitely a way, to, a way to hedge against inflation right now during this decade. Is that why you think the recession now is potentially gonna be different than 07? Because oh, totally. It'll be thing. incredibly light and it will not affect housing. I mean, a lot of people don't realize like last five recessions in America, it only went, real estate only went down once. That was during the 2008-2009. I mean, recessions yeah. are not bad for real estate at all. And so it's just people just remember, oh gosh, 2008-2009, it was so terrible. It, it was terrible, but that's not where we're at right now. Well, when you look at record low inventory levels and we're already getting multiple offers. You're probably seeing it in the Denver yep. area and rates aren't even down yet. Yep. I mean, I agree. I mean, people are starting to get normalized to six and a half percent, seven percent interest rates when it goes down to five and a half. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, it'll be crazy. So and I think you're absolutely right. There could be something here in the next 30 days, even by the time this episode actually publishes. Um, yeah, it's June. And we are anywhere north of six and a quarter. You can call and make fun of me. Okay. <laughs> but here's the thing is, I don't think I'm going to be calling you to make fun of you. I don't think. I, yeah. I agree I'm, with you. I'm pretty, uh, I, I definitely keep my finger on the pulse of the market. Yeah. I put in a, put out a video a few weeks ago about why I think rates are going to go down here in the near, near future. And, uh, you should have seen the comments as far as people making fun of me on YouTube and or I don't know about making fun of me, but just questioning. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, Oh, the fed says they're going to keep raising rates. Yeah. It doesn't really matter what the fed says. That's what people no. have to realize. Bad news is good news. So when CPI comes out and it's super low on the 10th, that's going to be great for rates. Right. So, I mean, and you know, mm -hmm. it's mortgage backed securities, everything else is. Yeah. Yeah. And as you know, uh, inflation being a 12 month look back when these smaller numbers we're seeing now replace the higher numbers from 12 months ago, even if inflation actually doesn't go down in the next six months, inflation is going to go down as far as the headline number that they publish. Correct. So it's, it could get interesting here heading into the summer. Oh, I think it's going to be very interesting. I think we're actually going to have a crazy summer. I think so too. It's yeah. already, I mean, I'm already feeling it personally. It's been crazy lately. Yeah. So. Well, where do you see Team Vivi in a couple of years? Where do you want to take this thing? 
I like being boutique because I have quality control. Um, I want to just keep a really small team and where we just do really high level numbers and have a really high level service and just continue to be the light in the middle of Denver and try to help as many people as we can. I love it. I love it. Yeah. You have, you have such a great aura about you, like a, a great energy, I guess. You oh, thank say. you. So um, it's easy to see why you're so successful. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it, RJ. <laughs> well, thanks for being on. It's just been awesome to learn more about what you do and um, get some of your insights. So I really appreciate your time, Vivi. Absolutely, RJ. Thanks for letting me on and hopefully I can help a few agents out there and we'll go from there. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. And if you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with a friend of yours in the business. That's how we get the word out. And also consider leaving a five-star review. Once again, my name is RJ Baxter, Intercap Lending, and thanks for watching and listening.